Welcome to the Appliance Educator Podcast, presented by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath, attainable luxury designed in Lake Tahoe. On today's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Tom from Arc Energy Solutions, who sheds some light on bringing solar into your home. Welcome back to the Appliance Educator Podcast. Today, we're going to get pumped up and fueled by the power of the sun. We're talking with Tom from Arc Energy Solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. And as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Nick. Hi. How's it going? Okay. Change up the intro (laughs) a little bit. It wasn't a hey. It was a hi this time. Mm -hmm. He's been working on that, Tom. So, you know. (laughs) Come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we're really happy to have you on the podcast today, Tom, because, you know, something alternative energy solutions and especially solar has been something that I think has just been uh, gaining more and more traction in, in the conversation, especially as far as like home renovation and people looking at energy alternatives and depending on what state or location you live in, trying to get off the grid or, or mitigate a lot of things that aren't in our control. Um, if you want to kind of just get started with what, what does someone need to consider when they're looking at an energy alternative and they're saying, hey, I've heard about solar, I want to get some panels. I mean, where should someone start? Um, that's a good question. I mean, really, not all homes qualify. It depends on the roof. It depends on the shading, and it depends on um, the direction the roof is facing. Also, the energy company and how they handle the net metering, and um, you know some of those things. Also, the different areas have different rules, so there's quite a bit that goes into solar. Really, based on where you live, who the power company. Who, who the power company is that you use and those types of things. But typically you start with a copy of the power bill. You can see how much energy you use over the last year. And then a solar company like ours could look at that and help identify if solar is going to be a good solution or not. And Because the goal is essentially to create the energy from the power of the sun on the panels. And, um, but all those other things play into that decision. Sure. And how much does the, I guess, the era in which the home was built and the infrastructure, I mean, does, you know, uh, does my current electrical system really affect how inexpensive or even feasible converting over to solar is going to be? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if they're, if they have a real old electrical system, so like let's say it's a 40 or 50 year old home and the amount of uh, the, the main service panel is like 100 amps, then you can't do a very large solar system. Um, so sometimes we have to do a main service panel upgrade. That's pretty common where we just increase the size of the electrical panel, you know, maybe to 150 or 200 or 200 amps. Um, so that plays into it. But the biggest impact is probably the roof. You know, you, you don't want to put solar up on a on a home that has a 24-year-old roof that has to be replaced in two years. So a lot of times people get a new roof um, just before they do the solar. Um, most solar companies have good connections with roofing partners because we accidentally sell a lot of roofs just because it's just makes so much sense to redo, redo the roof before you get the solar. How does how do panels lock into a roof? Is it just kind of a, a bolt-in kind of system? Yeah, they they bolt in a racking system and then they connect the panels to the rack. Okay. So the way they do it, it's it's pretty smooth. I mean, they seal the holes up really well. Um, they've got they do it up underneath the shingle, so there's no leaking issues. 
And any good company, and that's why it's important to go with a big installer, someone who's going to be around for 20, 25, 30 years, because you're going to have a good warranty with most companies. You're going to have a decent warranty. Um, ours is 25 years. You know, our installer is a billion dollar company. So we know they'll be around in 25 years if there happens to be an issue. Um, but we never see leaking or anything like that. But yeah, so once they connect the rack into the roof, putting the panels on is pretty pretty fast and easy. It's usually a one day install unless it's a real big system. Sometimes it'll take a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And most of these contracts that are with the electrical company, it's, it's kind of confusing, honestly, where you think you're getting all this power for yourself, but you're actually, it's kind of like a buyback program, right? So different companies have different processes, but in most of the areas that we sell, they do net metering. So the way that works is during the day, you're going to, your system's going to overproduce if it's sunny. So during the day, the power is going to come straight into your home and run all your lights, your appliances, your AC, whatever's on at that time is getting powered from your panels directly, but you're also going to overproduce. So you're going to be sending some of that extra energy back onto the grid and you'll be getting credits for that overproduction. You'll use those credits at night. So the same thing happens month to month. Like in March, typically your AC is not running much yet and your furnace isn't running a ton and you don't use a ton of energy. And, but yet the sun is out. It's not as you know cloudy and snowy or rainy. And so you end up getting more production in March, April, May than what you use. And the overproduction will be used in hotter summer months like July and August where your AC runs all day and you might use more than you produce from the solar. So, and that's the tricky thing because, you know, these power companies, they are greedy, they're a monopoly in a lot of areas and they have a lot of control. You know, like in Nevada, for example, Envy Energy has raised their, their rates three separate times since last summer. So in the last seven, eight months, they've increased their costs three times. Yeah, I feel it on my electrical bill every month. It's like yeah. almost so, dollars a month now. And it's like, where did that come from? Like, no one's changing I, anything. I started looking at my kilowatt hours and being like, why am I paying so much more? I'm not doing any. Oh, it just costs more. It yep. just costs more to do. This. It's just, you know, it's part of, it's part of the you know, inflation is coming. It's here. It's happening. You know, the cost of energy is going up. You know, the, the cost of gas has gone up. So their costs are going up as well. So they're going to pass those costs on. Um, they're also concerned about their profitability. And because they are a monopoly in a lot of areas, you know, they have some, there's some guidelines, you know, they have to get some approvals and stuff, but really they, they end up just raising your rates and, and costing you more. You have no control over that. There's really nothing you can do. You can't call the power company and complain and get like a better deal or anything. So the beauty of solar is that instead of being stuck in this system where there's a ton of taxes, I mean, if you look at your bill, you're paying for, let's say Nevada energy, right? You're paying for their um, green energy program. You're paying for their financing for their green, for you know their additional solar that they're putting in. You're paying their financing charges, their insurance. If you look at the bill, there's a whole bunch of these line items. All of those line items are are multiplied by the kilowatt hours that are used. And so if you're 
really not buying much energy from NV Energy. You're getting most of it from your solar. All of those fees go away because you're no longer buying those extra kilowatt hours from them. And so the beauty of it is that solar not only has no fees, no taxes, there's also a 26% tax credit. So you're really going from this system with no control and all these extra fees and the rising costs and inflation and all this stuff, which is pretty much a disaster to a, a system that has none of those fees and it's also subsidized by the government. So it's just a better way to get your power. And the beauty, of the, the, the best thing about solar is that you own the system. So every time you make that payment, most people finance it, but your payment is less than what you're already paying for your power bill. So yeah, every time you make that payment, directions. Yeah, you're, you're paying the system down every month. For every time you pay NV Energy, it's like you rented the power that month's come and gone. A bill's going to become next month and that will never end. There's no payoff date. It's just going to continue. So it, it makes me think a lot of the difference between a rent versus a mortgage, uh, especially right now when, you know, even rent prices are escalating because the housing market's going up and you don't control that. And I think that's what it brings a lot of people to considering an alternative is just saying, I'm at the mercy of getting charged, whatever I'm going to get charged for something I have to have. And that's, I, I think a lot of people look forward and say, look, if I'm in the home, I'm going to be in for the next 20 years. I don't want to be subject to just paying more for what I get today forever. <laughs> um, and if you do leave your house, that's an upsell point that you already have the solar installed. Absolutely. You know, I, I was going to ask about that. I, you, you mentioned the financing. Uh, what it sounds to me is like, you know, it's very much something of looking at, you know, there's an upfront cost to basically defer an expense down the line in the longer, you know, the longer term view of this is where you really start to see a, a great return. Um, what, what does a solar system cost for a usual three or four bedroom home? I mean, yeah, so that, that's a really good question. It depends on how much energy the home uses, so how efficient the home is, and also if they have a hot tub, if they have central air versus a swamp cooler, or if they have electric heating versus gas heating. So there's a lot of things that kind of go into that equation. That's why we get a copy of the power bill, so we can really see what you've used over the last year, and then we design the system around that. But just to throw out a figure in the $30,000 range. Okay. That's not too bad when you think of a decade of energy bills. Yeah, exactly. If, if you look at the next 10 or 20 years of energy bills, it's, it's cheap compared to that. I mean, it saves people tens of thousands of dollars to make the switch. You're exactly right. The, the analogy of rent versus own is perfect. If you rent forever, you have no asset, you have no, you're not paying anything down. Every time you make that payment, there's no real benefit. You know, it's just money that's been spent. Yeah. And then as the cost keeps going up, that landlord is going to keep raising the, raising the rates, raising the rates. Yeah. It doesn't look like we're going to hit a new historical trend where people start dropping prices. Yeah. I, unfortunately, um, yeah. you know, with that rent versus own thing, it's like, yeah, at the end, you don't have an asset where you bought someone else a house if you rent your whole life. And it sounds like that's kind of similar to what's going on with the power company and all these line items you mentioned. We're paying for them to scale their business and then come back and increase their rate. So exactly um, right. And you talked about kind of usage and also efficiency. So I guess, I don't know if it's a myth or not, but like, for example, 
I want to do solar and I live in the heart of Seattle, Washington. Is it, is it a possibility? I mean, even with the clouds out, like it, it is, is solar possible anywhere or are there really some hard limitations as far as like what access to sunlight you have? Yeah, we don't sell in Seattle, although I know there are people up in Oregon and Seattle that do um, do solar. Um, we're for, we're not focused on those areas, but there are areas where, you know, it's just not going to make sense, probably much further north than Seattle. And, and it may not, you know, make a lot of sense as far as the amount of hours of sunlight and the shading and the, and the weather and that kind of stuff. So we use a system where we know the location of the property. And so all of that goes into the equation, you know, how much snow do they get, how much rain, you know, how many sunny days, all that stuff goes into the system. So for example, if we sold the system in, in Las Vegas, it's going to use less panels than a system in Reno because Reno is going to have a little bit more weather, a little bit less sun, a little bit less production, even though Reno is still a great market, for example, to, to use, to buy solar, it's, uh, you're going to have less panels in, in Vegas or Arizona or maybe Texas, you know, where there's more sun, less clouds. So all that goes into the design. What kind of technology is here right now and then is close behind it that is making solar more efficient and, and easier to get and then also easier to store. Yeah, so the technology gets incrementally better each year. It's not like cell phones and you know where there's exponential growth, you know, it doubles every as, as every couple of years some of the those technologies double. Solar has not done that. It just gets a little bit better, you know, our panels now are 400 watts per panel where two years ago they were 340 watts. So it's gone up over the last two years, but to give you a perspective, if it was a cell phone, it would have gone from 340 to 900. And you know, you, you could literally have one panel this size on your roof and it would power the whole neighborhood if it was that exponential growth that you have in some of these other techs. Um, so, but they do just get a little bit better every year. Um, some of the tracking apps are super nice with the inverter. You know, you can uh, pull graphs and look at your production. Like, oh, it, like last year, it was all smoky, all the fires. You could literally look and you could see how much that affected the production on the system. Or it's cloudy. Let me look at the app. You know, so some of that tech is cool. Um, and then the battery storage. I'm, if you're a doomsday, Day type prepper, the batteries are great. You know, you can essentially live off the battery. You can also protect yourself from some of the net metering. Like in Utah, you know, Warren Buffett owns Rocky Mountain Power, and those guys, they messed up the way they do the net metering. Everybody, like my home has solar, and I, I have a contract with a net metering agreement. It's awesome. So when I cr create a watt of energy, it goes back on the grid, I get a watt back. Well, they changed it to like, you know, 60% of your energy you get back now. So Rocky Mountain Power is just taking, you know, 40% of that overproduction and just keeping it versus, so if you got a battery, 
you could charge the battery during the day, run some of your home off the battery at night, not send as much back onto the grid and have a little bit more control of your power and how that works and, and essentially overcome the net metering that just isn't as favorable in, in Utah now because Rocky Mountain made that big change. It's about a year and a half ago that they made that change. So um, luckily the people that have signed up for it before then, they're in a contract with Rocky Mountain where it's fixed for, I think it's 15 or 17 years, something like that. So they're in a long-term contract where they know what their net metering is going to look like. So there's, there are some of those changes, but the thing I think about the batteries that's interesting is if, as more people get these electric vehicles, you have a big battery now in your driveway or in your garage. If the power went out, then you can potentially connect to your car and run your home. So that's why I don't sell a ton of batteries unless the homeowner, if, if it's really important to them, you know, they cannot live without the power for a day or an hour, then, you know, the battery will make sense. But I think in a few years, that's where a lot more of the innovation is going is in the batteries because of electric vehicles. And then as more people get these electric vehicles and they come up with a good system to essentially hook that battery into your home, now you've got backup energy in case the grid goes down because solar doesn't work when the grid goes down unless you have a battery because they have up to be up to code you have to shut off the power so you don't accidentally backfeed any energy onto the grid if somebody's working on a down line you know that could be dangerous so they will shut off the solar production when the grid goes down but if you have a battery it'll power the inverter and it can it can kick a switch off so you can't backfeed onto the grid and you can still run your home off of a battery. And the goal is, you know, during the day you're charging the battery and running the home. And then at night you're running off the battery. And then the next day you're charging the battery and running off the solar as well. And so if you have the system sized right and you have the right battery, it might be more than one battery. You could potentially live, you know, and it's sunny. I mean, if it was rainy and cloudy and no production for a handful of days, then you may run out of, out of energy, you know, you have to go into a conservation mode at some point um, if it's cloudy and, and stormy. So yeah, the batteries are super cool. I just don't typically recommend them because I believe that there's gonna be a good solution really soon with electric vehicles. Interesting. So I guess what you're really painting a picture was, you know, when I initially came into this of like, oh, a lot of people want solar because it's like liberating, you're completely free on the grid, but you're still very much a citizen of your power grid, even with a solar solution. And that's going to dictate a lot of what the right choices in building your system are. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's really how nice is that power company with solar? What does their net metering agreement look like or their buyback for the power? Because in most cities, to be up to code, you have to be connected to the grid. Hmm. So it's it's not like you're just going completely off grid when you have solar. Um, but certain power companies that that work well with solar, you know, some of them want the extra energy so they don't have to invest more. You know, as the population grows and the demand grows, you know, they're able to um, get some extra help from from people that have solar. You know, especially with more people working from home yet half the people go into work. So you've got this 
commercial building that's still using energy and then a lot more people at home also using energy so it's kind of you know increased some of that demand and so some utilities are happy to work with solar companies they'll even have um you know rebates and stuff like that to encourage people to get solar and you know the 26 percent tax credit you know obama started that and it's something that is stair-stepping down uh, it, it actually got renewed for two years. Otherwise, next year it would have, it would have gone away. Mm. So we've got a couple more years of this tax credit. So really, it's a good time to get solar because once that tax credit goes away, that's the government dangling a carrot saying, hey, look, we're going to make this make financial sense. It's going to save you money and we're going to help, you know, cover a big portion of that expense. And when that tax credit goes away, I could see the stick coming, you know, the carrots out there now and the sticks coming. I could see carbon tax, you know, like pollution tax, one more extra line item on your bill. You know, your power company's bill is going to have extra taxes and fees for you essentially adding more pollution into the environment. So I could see some pretty hefty fines and stuff like that coming. So that's just an assumption of mine. Not sure what'll happen, but I could definitely see that. I can see that, especially if it's people vote for it because they think it's going to, you know, do something to the big power companies and everything, but they don't care. They're just going to pass it down to us. Yeah. And yeah. It's like I'm the one foot in the power company's bill already. Yeah. So <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about commercial buildings and them kind of just sitting there. Is there a difference besides obvious like size and amount of panels for a commercial building compared to? you know, a residential. Yeah, it's, it's very different than residential. Residential is super streamlined. We know exactly how to do it. It's not that complicated. Um, commercial has more, like they'll have demand charges. So you think of a demand as like, if it was a spring, a hose, like how big of a hose would you need at any given time? You know, so manufacturing where like in the morning when they flip all their stuff on and all, there's a huge draw that's, that's increasing a demand. And so they'll bill you extra for those higher demand charges. So it's a lot more complicated with commercial because the way that the utility company bills commercials or commercial buildings um, can be very different than the way you get charged for residential. I mean, sometimes in residential, you know, the time of day and the time of use can have slightly different costs per kilowatt hour but in commercial it's quite a bit more complicated but it's also a business write-off so not only do you get this huge tax credit but you also can write the asset off and depreciate it so for businesses it really it can make a lot of sense you know depending on how much they're paying for their energy mm -hmm. interesting does that work the same on on a residential is there some depreciation depreciating asset as far as, you know, filing your tax return on. Um, no, I, I mean, you can't write it off as a, as like a business expense as a depreciating okay. asset like that. I, if you ran a business through in your home, you could, Interesting. you know, so it just kind of depends on, you know, their, their specific circumstance. I'm not a tax advisor, but I understand enough about it to, you know, get your help people navigate that up and run in a garage. I actually ask because, you know, we live in Nevada. It's one of the easiest states in the union to uh, incorporate a business. And um, one of my uh, financially inclined buddies was like, well, yeah, you know, depending on the square footage of your home that you dedicate to this business, it defers some of those costs in, in as far as getting a tax write-off. So I was like, huh, 
so you know doing that and getting the rebate on solar you might be looking at some real long-term uh savings and return on your, your taxes if you're running yeah, if, from home with solar on the home exactly yeah if your tax guy gives you the thumbs up on that i mean it let me, solar's a no-brainer anyway if the net metering is okay and you know whatever you're paying the utility company i mean some utilities are super cheap and so it just doesn't save you money but in a lot of them it does you know it saves you money especially if you're looking more long term you know two three four five ten years down the road you're guaranteed to be happy that you did solar because it's, you know, as those costs just keep going up, it's kind of like if you could have locked your gas price in two years ago, it was like a couple dollars a gallon, you'd be set, you know, but now it's over $4 a gallon. It's just gone up that much, but you know, you didn't have the ability to lock that price in solar gives you the ability to lock that price in. So it really is a no brainer, but if you can also write it off as a business expense and depreciate the asset, because there's this thing called Makers, M-A-C-R-S. It's like the Modified Accelerated Depreciation Schedule or something like that, where you can actually write it off over five years. And oh, so you you now have this huge um, huge write-off as well. So Yeah, with that and these rebates, you're, I'm seeing the dollar signs here, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially yeah, for I mean, the power bill is going to go up, right? Like, it, And it, at this rate, it seems like it's going to start increasing how quickly it goes up. As you mentioned, you know, we've had yeah. price increases in our market in the last year. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think about solar now. I, I you know, I want to ask this, I know you made a recommendation of like in the next few years would be a great time just because we're kind of looking at the, the sunset provision on the, uh, you know, federal like uh, tax credit on, on the solar purchase. But um, in the life cycle of like buying a home, is it something you see most people in a home that they've been in and say they're, you know, year five of their 30 year fixed mortgage, or is it something you see a lot of people do when they're moving into a new home? Is there kind of a, a best time to do it other than now, because the rate will be better. Yeah, that's, I, I recommend to people if they're going to move within one year, don't do it. You know, it's not probably not worth the, the energy of doing that, but if you're going to be there longer than the year because you get the 26% tax credit and because you're, you know, the more payments that you make that you're paying the system down, the more equity you're going to have so that when you sell the property, you're in a better position. But really, if you add solar to, if you purchase a new home and you add solar to the mortgage, there's special green energy financing that allows you to go like a hundred and I think it's 115% of the value of the home. They'll loan you. So you know, like when you refinance a house, you can pull cash out, mm -hmm. but then that rate on the mortgage is going to be a little higher because you took some money out. It's similar to that where you can take some extra money from the mortgage, but it doesn't have a higher interest rate. Because if you're using that for an energy efficiency upgrade on the home or solar, then it has the same rate that you would have if you didn't have that extra cash. And they'll loan you more than the home's worth because they're, they're trying to encourage people to get solar when they buy a new home. So that, that's the best way to finance it because it's wrapped in the mortgage and you've got one payment, super simple. Um, but other than that, yeah, as long as you're going to be in the home for, I'd say at least a year and the, the longer, the better, you know, the more you'll have paid the system down and the more equity you have in the system. Then when you sell the home, that's when you're going to cash that equity out. You know, if you only owe five grand on a solar system and it's worth 20, and then you sell the home, you're going to get $20,000 more when you sell it. And only five of it had to go to 
pay off the rest of the remaining balance. So you're pocketing 15 grand of that extra cash that you had in equity in the system. Wow. Man, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a good spot right now because yeah. I might consider that in the, in the new know. mortgage I'm getting ready to sign here. And also, I mean, I imagine it would kind of work the same if you are, you know, 15 years into your 30 year and you're going to do a refinance too, right? At that same yeah. to say, oh, yeah. If I'm looking, we've helped people navigate that where they've literally purchased solar from us and refinanced. And because they got a, a better rate on their refinance, they were able to add solar to their home, drop their payment for a few hundred dollars and not have the power bill anymore. So it was like a huge swing for them to, you know, to do that refinance and wrap the, wrap the solar into the, into the mortgage. Yeah, you have to be in a place a year, at least to refinance, right? It, it, that's probably something you need to talk to your, your who's holding. They'll usually let you refinance if there is a good enough reason that you're going to refinance. Like they, they have protection where you can't just refinance for no reason. But if, if you have a, a rate drop, mm-hmm. you know, and let's say the value has gone up and you can get rid of the PMI or, you know, there, if there's certain reasons why it actually makes sense to do a refi, then you can do a refinance sooner than a year. Well, property value has definitely gone up. So I was going to say that that would be my biggest thing is with the market right now, it may just be worth to talk to your bank because mm-hmm. we've seen, I mean, I, I'm in a home right now that was refinanced at 455 in January, a, a home right down the street of similar size was like 670. So it's it, definitely solar. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, so, you know, we, we do financing. Most people are buying solar with no, no cash out of pocket, mm-hmm. you know, oh. and the way it works is, after we do the install, because the permitting is the thing that I told you one day to install, it might take us two or three months to get the permit, to have the design and actually come and do the install. Um, so the, it's really the permitting that takes that extra time. But most people, they just finance it. Their first payment's not even due until 60 days after the install is complete. So once the install's done, that's when you know, that's when the financing is processed and then they give you 60 days, you know, make sure it's flipped on that NV energy or whoever the power company is swaps out your meter with a meter that, you know, tracks your production and your consumption, both directions. Um, so yeah, most people are buying it with, with no cash out of pocket anyway. So, um, when you guys come in to install and everything, you guys handle the talks with NV energy or whatever energy company yeah. you have that. And then yeah, it's a it's a full turnkey system. Yeah, we, we do the we do the uh, net metering agreement. We fill out the application, help with all the paperwork. If you're in HOA, Nevada is very solar friendly. So even if the HOA says no, they legally can't tell you you can't get solar. Yeah. Other states are different. You know, like that where they aren't as friendly with solar, and the HOA can tell you, oh, it can't be on the front of the house or whatever. But um, Nevada is really good with that. So we help with the HOA, you know, the whole process. All right. I got, I got one last question. Sure. Why don't we have solar farms like on the regular? Like, I think I've seen one in Vegas, but like, why is that not a thing? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen solar farms. I mean, I, I think it might be a little cheaper for these power companies just to dig coal out of the ground and light it on fire. You know, they already have the infrastructure to do that. It's just, it's such old technology and there's so much loss. If you think about it, you have mining expense, you're digging this coal out of the ground, you're transporting the coal, 
you're lighting it on fire. Now you're transporting the energy from the, the, you know, from the power plant to the homeowner's home. There's a loss of energy in every single one of those steps, but it's the way they've done it for a long time. Coal is not expensive. And so it's cheaper for them just to continue to do what they're doing. And so, I mean, that's why residential solar makes so much sense. It's you have roof space, you know, if anything, it protects your roof because the, the sun's not baking down on the shingles anymore. Um, and it's, and it comes straight into your house. And then when it goes back onto the grid, it just goes to your neighbor's house. It's super efficient. Like it just goes to the nearest place. So you don't have a lot of loss of energy through that process. It's a lot more efficient than that, but, um, you know, solar is a bigger expense for them to have the land and to, and you can't transport the energy, you know, more than, I think it's 300 miles is the max that you can, you know, transport that energy, you know, through a, through a cable. And so even using dead space out in the desert, you know, and transporting it, there's just a loss of that energy. So, um, but I'm not an expert on, you know, why there isn't more solar from these, uh, from these power companies i mean they're they're being required to add a certain percentage you know of their energy production to renewables and so you'll see that but they just pass that cost on to you so that like you'll see right on your energy bill for nv energy you know it's like finance charge for the a green project or something like that is right on the bill oh well, I mean, you've definitely got me honestly considering solar probably the most seriously I've ever considered it for the home. Cause I, I mean, it's something you see, you know, every 12th house or something these days, I would say out in the, out in the suburbs. And you're kind of like, is that worthwhile? Did this guy buy this thing? And it doesn't work. Like, you know, just from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, boy, if it, if it works so well, why don't we see more of it? But um, to recap on the tips you gave us, start with your power bill. And then second, find a, a quality installer, because it sounds like the quality installer is going to be able to walk through everything, work with all the different parties you need to work with, and even set up your financing and potentially... And the warranty. And the warranty. And oh, yeah. any other any other key tips for someone who's listening to this and says, gosh, I, I can, you know, I've, I'm just got into a home or I'm going to be in a home for another 10, 20, 30 years. I can see the savings. I can see the fact that from what you even laid out, by the time I make my first payment on my panels, in a lot of cases, I'll have already not paid a power bill to make that first payment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. I mean, to answer the question of why more people haven't done it, it's literally an education thing. A lot of people just don't know. They don't understand the difference. And so they just haven't made the switch yet. So there just hasn't been a good enough job of really helping educate people to say, here's how it works. This is why it makes sense. This is why people are doing it so that they could make that decision. But yeah, I'd say the sooner the better, because when those tax credits go away, that's, a, you know, 26% is a big enough change. It's not like month one, your bill drops in half, unless you're in Connecticut, you know, California, Hawaii, some of these areas where their power has just gotten so expensive, you know, like triple what it is in Nevada. Um, so it doesn't, give you huge savings like on month one it's it's more of a long-term thought process like a year from now the rates are going to be higher two years from now they're going to be even higher and if you look at that over time that's where solar saves you you know tens of thousands of dollars usually because 
of the, that inflation that you're avoiding. So yeah, you know, do it, do it the sooner, the better tax this year's 26%. And then next year's 26%, then it drops to 22 and then it goes away. So that's kind of the timeline of when you weren't going to want to get solar by. All right. So if you're listening to this podcast, you got a little less than two years to get, to get on it and act and call Tom now. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was gonna ask that, you know, if, if, uh, um, before we let you set up your plugs, Tom, I, I want to ask, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the podcast now and I'm like, I'm interested in this. I'm ready to jump on Google or open the phone book. What? Open the phone book. Well, you know, <laughs> Hey, it, you know, they might be an older homeowner, okay, Nick, okay. you know, not everybody's on the computer all the time, but <laughs> what I was going to ask is, is there a good indicator of like, who's the right installer I should go with? Is there like a certification I should look for a great question to ask in that initial phone call? How do I know I'm working with the right partner? Yeah. You want to make sure that they've been around for a while and I think it's ideal for them to install in multiple States. Like we install in several different states. The reason being that like in Utah, we, we almost it used to be one of our best markets. We used to sell a ton in Utah. And I think we sold just a handful of jobs here this year. You know, it's it, because that change that Rocky Mountain Power did, it really messed up this, this market. So if you have an installer and they only install in this one small geographical area, and then the utility company makes a big change and essentially just crushes the, the uh, solar industry in that area, then that installer is going to either have to get up and move, go install somewhere else, or they're going to be in trouble. You know, So I would say look for a bigger installer, someone who's installing in um, multiple different states, someone who's been around for a long time, you know, somebody that has a good balance sheet that's, that's uh, going to be around for you know, the, the, at least 20, 25 years, most, most companies don't even have a 25 year warranty. We do, but you, you know, you want to have a reputable company that, that you trust. Awesome. And so that brings me to the time for you to plug, plug yourself and your services. Where can the folks who are in our market and, and what areas uh, d does your team serve? So the installer that we use, they're in 33 different States. So they're, they're all over, but we're, we sell quite a bit in uh, Nevada, in uh, Texas, in um, Colorado, Idaho, quite a few different states, Missouri. So but yeah, hit, hit us up. Um, ARC, A-R-C stands for Abundant Renewable Clean. So arcenergypro.com, that's our website. Um, reach out on there. And if you're interested in getting more information, we're happy to sit down. Send us, we really start with the power bill. You send us a power bill. We look at what the, uh, what the system would look like on your home. It's from the power bill. We have the address. Now we can see with the satellite image, which direction the home is facing, how much production they're going to get, how much energy they're using. So how many panels they are going to need all that stuff we get directly from that power bill. And if it's a good area for solar, you know, so yeah, love to, love to help some of your listeners out and you guys as well. Hit me up. I was going to say, you might see my name on the inbox here. Yeah. We've been <laughs> chatting soon. before and I've got to get it moving more. It just happens. Yeah. Nick, Nick was a referral to us from one of our happy homeowners that we installed, you know, months ago. So yeah, Michelle's very happy with the service. And yeah, that's how we first connected. Awesome.
Well, thank you so much, Tom. Honestly, this was some great food for thought and really made me really seriously consider solar, especially in the home I'm going to be getting into. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to actually, I've got one last question for you then. I don't sure. live home yet. I don't know exactly what my power bill would be. Could I still reach out to you for a quote and say, Hey, here's the property I'm looking at getting into. And here's roughly what my current expense is now. Is that a fine place to start too? Yeah. If we know the square footage of the home, if it's a two story or, you know, Rambler, if you're going to have a hot tub, if you have central air, just to, and how many people are going to live there, that's really all we need to know. And we can design a system that's going to be really close to, to accurate. There's enough data on it that we can design a system. Um, even if you just barely moved in, if the home was just barely built and you don't have a power bill at all, um, we can still design the system based on that. Awesome. Well, keep an eye on and Drew Pierce. All right. Your <laughs> it. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, really Tom. My pleasure. It. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. This has been the Appliance Educator Podcast, brought to you by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Appliance Educator for more tips and tricks and advice to keep your home running at optimal performance. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, leave us a comment. Appliance Educator, signing off.